You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, August 13th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball, FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball. Great website, check it out. Or maybe if pop culture entertainment is your sort of thing, you could check out my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, you guys can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javipeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you here on the show. If you send me a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app and you put a question in the little review section, I actually guarantee you that I will answer one of your questions, that question specifically, on the show. Uh, today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. For today's episode, it is basically going to be following up my chat with Mr. Millard Thomas of Locked On D-backs, uh, talking all sorts of things. Him asking me more questions about the Padres, a little bit more deadline talk, and just really just talking and whatnot. And look, I'm really not going to talk too much because I'm in a really bad mood. First of all, I started recording this before the Padres game uh, last night uh, even ended. It is currently 10 to, 12 to 3 now uh, because why should I even keep watching? So I just figured I'd jumpstart and start doing the pod. And I think that there's a combination of things. Look, first of all, I just want to say that Field of Dreams game yesterday I thought was rad. Uh, I thought it was so much fun. I love Tim Anderson. If not for Tatis that, and, and Lindor, too, uh, as you guys all know, Puerto Rican power, uh, he'd be my favorite shortstop in the league. Definitely one of my five favorite players in the league in general. That dude's awesome. The Field of Dream games was was very cool. Maybe do a Sandlot game next. I don't know. That's for another podcast episode. Maybe for Monday or Tuesday, uh, especially with the way the Padres have been playing. Um, I think that it's like I'm one of those people who definitely gets seasonal depression, I think, except I get it in the summer. And we're in the dog days of summer, August, which is my least favorite month. That in January are my two least favorite months. And for the Padres, I mean, you Darvish basically gets killed in this game. Uh, only two and two-thirds innings. He leaves the game with an injury. Uh, lower back tightness is what they're saying it is. Um, just really rough. The Padres rotation, after looking really solid, you had those three games when Darvish, Snell, and Musgrove are all awesome back-to-back-to-back. Not that we needed that, you know, blanking of zero runs allowed in each of those or whatever it was. Uh, not that we necessarily needed something like that great, but we needed to at least see some consistency there. Denelson Lamette with a setback, apparently. Lovely. We still don't have Chris Paddock back yet. Kenzie Gore hasn't pitched since June. It's just been very kind of rough for a team that's still pretty good. You know what I mean? It's still a very good team and still the best team they've had in 20 years. So I think that... I'm just I'm just really sad right now. You know what I mean? This is this is this is not great. And I think another part of it, on top of my seasonal depression and hating the month of August, is also that like my ear right now I is just clogged up, my right ear. So it's just been hard for me. I'm trying to pop it right now, and this has been annoying for the past couple of days. And this is like the second time in the past six months that this keeps happening. It's just constant. And it drives me insane. So it's just a bunch of things. I didn't get to finish my 
article that I've been writing about Manny Machado, and it's not even like it should be that hard. It's not like I'm writing some athletic feature. I'm not nearly as good as people at the at the athletic, and I don't have the access and all that stuff. Like, so I don't know what the heck is wrong with me. I didn't do enough work yesterday. Uh, so I'm just really sad right now. If you guys are, if you guys can catch my drift, um, so sorry about that. Manny Machado piece for maybe you guys to look forward to maybe over the weekend, hopefully. Uh, and if that's the case, I'll of course talk about it on Monday. Um, literally just in the middle of this, my mic cut off randomly while I was talking, and I didn't notice. So I have to finish recording a couple seconds because apparently my Macintosh drive is full because GarageBand I can't find where the hell to delete the stuff that takes up space on it it doesn't like let me do that i I, guys it's it's a rough time it's a rough time right now um so i'm just gonna play the conversation with miller which is back when i was a little bit more happy and upbeat sorry for me being a little bit sad uh just a past a tough past you know 24 hours for me i think i'm thinking too much i think i'll be over it by the time you guys hear this but just pretty rough just pretty rough so uh send me some memes if you don't mind at lo underscore padres or at jalapeno whatever um hopefully blake snell can can do better and if you have questions about what the rotation is look i know i get it i I, i'll talk about on monday okay for right now i just we just gotta we just gotta move on i'm not in the best mood uh so without further ado guys let's talk to miller with the padres of course they didn't get their top dog but how do you like adam frazier on your team because i still like you know, even though they didn't get the, the top dog they wanted, I still like a lot of their moves. I still like getting Adam Frazier. Uh, we'll see about Marisnik. I've never been a big Marisnik guy. But Daniel Hudson, I, I think he's one of the most underrated relievers in baseball. I mean, this guy used to be uh, a Cy Young candidate as a starter, kind of like an Ian Kennedy. And now he's transitioned over to being one of the best, you know, relievers in baseball. So how do you feel, at least from what you did get back on the deadline? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, we should just let's just get into it. Right. So there's. <laughs> I wrote about this for, for just baseball. If anybody wants to go check this out, just where the Padres stand. And I'm in like a kind of a mellow mood because I really think that it depends. I think timing and the specifics is what made the deadline depressing. So what I mean by that is if it isn't one, if Max Scherzer doesn't go to the Dodgers of all teams, along with Trey Turner, that's, that's already like awesome. I tweeted at one point saying that I think the biggest W the Padres could get is the Dodgers not improving their team like that, which of course they did. And then the nationals for some reason were like, Oh yeah, take our best shortstop, you know, top 10 player in the national league at minimum just for, yeah, we'll take that one catcher that everybody that you've been trying to ship away in every trade for a year. We're going to take that guy from you. So shout out to another Manchurian candidate potentially (laughs) in the nationals helping out the Dodgers. But, um, I think if that doesn't happen, then it's a lot more exciting and it's a lot more positive for for Padres fans. If it isn't originally reported that we got Max Scherzer, uh, not definitively reported, but the whole close to a deal. And before someone says, see, that's why you don't listen to the sources say uh, uh, close to a deal. It's like, yeah, but every other report and trade that happens, it started with close to a deal for blah, 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 blah. It just happened that the one time that wasn't true, it was with my team and with Max Scherzer. So that contributes to it. And I do wonder if part of what makes the Padres uh, deadline less depressing is if the Adam Frazier thing gets announced on Friday where we're like, oh, okay. Like it might be the psychological thing that because it happened on Sunday instead of the Friday of the deadline that we were more depressed. And we just thought that we were sitting there looking there. Like we were um, what's his face from, uh, from Pulp Fiction. You know what I mean? Like I, I forgot that. What's the dude's name? What's the actor's name? God damn it. I've never watched Pulp Fiction. I'm not going to lie. Oh, but it's gosh. on my bucket list. It's on my movie bucket list. Samuel Jackson. I want to see it. 
Samuel Jackson. I'm going I'm to look it up as I continue talking because I could do two things at once. Um, multitask. Yeah, multitask, man. A documentary just came out on him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, John Travolta. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. John Travolta. Come on. The whole him being, Greece. Yeah, yeah, I know. I should. Yeah, I should have said, all right, sorry that you never heard of Pulp Fiction. you never seen it before. So I've like, never seen most... Greece either, to be fair. <laughs> but I know he's in that. No, I know. I got you. I got you. I mean, he was a big star at one point, one of the yeah. biggest. But like, yeah, I think if that point. doesn't happen, you know, I think that if if some of the things change around a little bit, a lot more optimistic. However, you look at the team and you're like, nobody knows what's going on with Mackenzie Gore. Nobody. And that might mean my optimistic viewpoint about it is the reason Preller doesn't want to trade him away is because it, his value might be so in the dumps that he knows why should I trade him for? I don't know. Uh, Tyler Anderson might be his value right now, just because he literally hasn't pitched since June after being mm. the top pitching prospect in baseball. Now he's getting lit up in AAA and he hasn't pitched since June, which is very concerning. So maybe his thing is like, why move him now? If he has this big upside, let me wait for it to return. That way I can get some better value or just keep the guy. He might be the next, you know, great ace pitcher for the Padres. We don't know. Um, so that's one thing. And you still have those assets, but at the same time, man, it's like, ah, you, you might potentially be playing a wild card game against the Dodgers, against Max Scherzer, and that inspires less confidence. Don't get me wrong. Bring it on, though. At the same time, while I am mellow about it, my thing that I do want to bring up to people is they won last year. It's been plenty of times, not just for the Dodgers, but these high-budget super teams that go out there, and especially the Dodgers, and they lose to Howie Kendrick. So my thing is, don't panic. Who knows if Hassan Kim, who hasn't been a great batter for the team this year, hits a mammoth two-run tying home run off of Kenley Jansen in the ninth inning. Like, let's not act like the Dodgers deserve this this banner of consistency. Everyone's acting like it's 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 a guarantee. It's like it's likely. It's likely that they win it all. I mean, their team is basically foolproof with the exception of uh, pieces of that bullpen. Like, it's likely. But why are you guys acting like this is all said and done? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why everybody's doing that. Have we not learned from the past few years? It's just it's just very silly on my part. Is that Dodger hating? Sure, of course it is because I hate the Dodgers. But, um, yeah, I think that it was a very depressing deadline. I would have liked to see them get an arm, maybe even a Kyle Gibson, as mm-hmm. long as the price wasn't too high. I do understand Barrios maybe not trading for him because the Blue Jays did give up a lot. And bottom line is probably likes working in markets that are a little bit more lessened. He likes swiping in there and getting Joe Musgrove. He likes going to, before it was cool to start trading with the Cubs, he likes to go in and swipe you Darvish. And then he likes to go in and grab Blake Snell, who, you know, hasn't been great this year. But nonetheless, the point still stands that he likes operating in a more deflated market. Trent Grisham, Tommy Pham, even mm. heck, Emilio Pagan, Mark Melanson signing him for barely anything. He's like leading the league in saves right now. So uh, that's not exactly the, the market that probably likes to operate in the one that we saw this trade deadline. So I'm optimistic, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of issues with this team, man. Uh, but they are very, at least at the minimum, at the minimum, the best Padres team we've seen in like 20 years. Mm, Preller sounds like me when it comes to fantasy feasting on the week. I like that mindset by Preller. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was Ken Let's Rosenthal. <laughs> yeah. It was Ken Rosenthal who reported it. So it wasn't like it was some random, you know, a local yeah. journalist. Mm-hmm. Ken Rosenthal is like one of the top five, you know, most locked in sources there is in baseball. So Ken Rosenthal is like, yeah, this deal is close. It's imminent. Uh, I'm going to take that to the bank because Ken, Ken Rosenthal is not uh, wrong a lot, but yeah, like you were saying with the Dodgers, they definitely have the best team on paper, but it's baseball. Nothing's guaranteed. I mean, I, I'm one of the people that believe 
Uh, last year, one of the big reasons they won is because there wasn't like any fans in the stadium. And we've seen Clay and Kershaw break under the pressure multiple mm. times. I, I think there's definitely correlation between Kershaw having his best postseason and there's no one in the stadium to watch him. I, mm. I, that's just me. I just think there's a correlation mm. there. So we'll see what happens this yeah. year when we get back to a pressurized postseason. You got those boos coming in again. Who knows? Maybe if it's a World Series against the Astros, they're going to feel so a little bad, bit yeah. extra pressure to be like, man, these guys were cheating last time they don't know what i'm going now if y'all lose lose to them then you can't talk any crap forever you could be like hey we cheated yeah you got us right that's right we cheated the first time we give that to you all right then we just beat your butts the next time like it didn't even matter so ooh, but i have to admit millard i know you're like a little bit of a you get curious into the whole ratings and media landscape of things a dodgers astros world series it's not one that is fun for fans that like in terms of teams you root for but in terms of like the easy to hate i mean you either because people don't like the dodgers and super team and then people still hate the astros it would just be like mayweather mcgregor like this would be like a genuinely crazy thing to watch so i'm curious to see how it all pans out man hold up a minute hold up a minute hold up a minute the best protein bars in the world, guys, are the Built Bars. Obviously, you should know this by now, but just in case you don't, they are super chewy and super covered in chocolate, 100% easy to chew. It's really, really yummy. And they've got all sorts of great flavors, everything from strawberry to orange to cookies and cream, German chocolate, coconut, cherry bar. See, it's all sorts of limited time flavors that pop up every now and then. They've got everything you could want. And best of all, of course, they are healthy for you. They are protein bars after all. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. So guys, I got an offer for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Yeah, no one wants to see the Astros on the big stage, but I do. I'm all in on the Astros making it back to the World Series. I would oh, love man. for them to just wipe away the narrative. Like, it's been like two, three years now. Like, man. my biggest thing is like, everyone cheats in baseball. Like, no sport is more synonymous with cheating than baseball. You go back mm-hmm. to steroids, the Black Sox scandal. You look at the crackdown now that they just put on sticky stuff. You, yeah. Like, Cheating, I mean, even before the Astros got caught, they were telling the Yankees and the Red Sox to knock it off with the, the illegal use of technology in their playoff series. So it's like literally every team has a player or some structural organizational thing where they're cheating as a unit. So I, I really didn't get that up in arms. Yes, it, it taints the Astros World Series a little bit, but I'm not going to be mad three years later that they do what everyone else in baseball mm-hmm. does. Which and cheat. granted, it is a little bit more. I, I will, I will, because... I am also over it, but also in fairness, our teams weren't as affected by it. We didn't play the Astros in the World Series, so it must be very annoying to see. And also, I mean, the one relation I have to it is you, Darvish, who gets killed in the World Series and is like kind of it's it's his worst moment. It's his blemish on his record. You know what I'm saying? It is it is really like dark. It's almost on the level of like all of Kershaw's collapses in a lot of ways. And, you know, now all of a sudden we view that differently. We're like, oh, well. I mean, if they saw the pitches that were coming. So clearly I do think that to a degree, if every player in baseball is also pissed off by this and that you have all these teams that are angry, I do think that they did go a little bit beyond just the the regular conventional cheating, if that even makes sense. It's hilarious that I just said that. But like, you're also right. And I also think the other part of it is that baseball didn't punish the players enough. And I think that there's a bunch of reasons for that, that we don't have to relitigate. I imagine people have heard all this all the time already. It's only been talked about ad nauseum. And then on top of that, the players not being so, 
apologetic. They they were, but then they weren't. You had the whole Altuve tattoo thing and all this stuff. So they kind of stepped their foot in it. And I think that's part of what it is too. But part of me is tempted uh, to be like, ooh, it might be interesting. if you, I would respect if they went out and just stuck their foot down your throat and said, say something now, especially to the Dodgers fans, not to like other teams. Uh, like if it was to the Giants, which I have yeah. no ill will towards the Giants. The Giants are another fun team. Um, believe it or not, I actually think that a lot of people are. That's, we didn't even mention that, by the way. Chris Bryant, last hour, getting traded to the Giants when there was not a peep from the Giants. They love doing that, too. They love staying dead quiet and then making a move in the last 30 minutes. It's, it's just what they do. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely. But I have to admit, it'd be, it'd be interesting. But then again, I'm still sticking with my World Series pick, the White Sox and the Mets. Am I exactly proud the of the latter of those two? No, not, not exactly, but you know what? Yeah, I'm still sticking with my guns. But uh, look, I maybe underestimated the fact that I'm betting on, I don't care what the roster is, but the New York Mets to do things. Hey, you're allowed Foolish to thing on my part. Foolish you thing got, on my part. You got new information, Javi. You're allowed to update your prediction. At least here on the D-backs pod, it's all about when you're presenting new information, <laughs> yeah. you're allowed to make a new opinion. So do you want to make a new opinion now? World Series no, I'm going to stick with it. Look, all I mean, right, I then. didn't want to pick the Padres because I am the Padres guy. But like, hey. I, I, I do stand by White Sox. And I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay by my, my Mets thing. I think if things get hot, anything can happen, man. The Phillies just got hot. We wrote them for dead. I think everyone's forgetting that. It's not like the Phillies have been this like, no, the Phillies are known for having the worst bullpen in like history. They were really bad. And everyone's like, you're wasting Harper's really good season. Hoskins, they're really top heavy. You have Girardi. Everyone wanted Girardi out of town in, in half a second. They're like, I'll take Aaron Boone over him. I'm just kidding. Nobody said that. Everybody no. hates Aaron Boone too. But like, you know, everybody wanted them out. And then they have this like nine game winning streak, including a sweep of the Mets. So who knows? And the Phillies, which I tweeted this on Twitter, like are a good example of why if they can do that, then so can the Padres. So always stay optimistic. I'm sticking with my guns. It's baseball, man. Let's do it. Yeah, the Mets. I like the Mets before the season. I would have agreed mm-hmm. with that prediction preseason. But after a month of watching them, like they have a bunch of injuries in that rotation and they just can't hit, man. Their, their offense is just putrid. And you look yeah. at their run differential, like that's a reason why I don't believe that they could even make the postseason because their offense has been bad mm-hmm. the whole year. Like their offense has shown yeah. no signs of life. Even the Phillies had a better run differential when they had a worse record than the Mets. So, yeah, yeah maybe the Mets could still get hot at negative. I have no empirical evidence for why I'm still sticking <laughs> okay. with the Mets. Let me be clear. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> okay. an easy position. I have nothing to back it up other than. I could, I, I just, I, I just want to stick with my gut on that one. I know that it looks bad, but heck, if they, if they can make the playoffs, man, I, I, I am a lot more. The question now is if they could just make it. But if you make it in there, you get your healthy Degrom, Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, Stroman, all these guys. Lindor, Puerto Rican power shows up. He, mm. he vanishes for the whole year, but then returns for the postseason. That would all oh, come on. Tell me that's not a great story. So that'd be a lot of fun, and I think it'd be fun for Lee. But yeah, that's I'm uh, pro Lindor. I'm pro good, Lindor. Yeah. Bias. He, it's just a bet. Oh yeah. I mean, look, uh, another Puerto Rican king. I tweeted how it was a fun move. I think it's a fun move for this season. To my Mets for homies, and I think they all feel the same. I would not be giving Javi Baez a big contract. I love the guy, but if his defense and power go from A-plus to just A-B, he becomes a very bad player because the strikeout rate and on-base skills are just non-existent. So, like, that's a lot to bank on. You know what I'm saying? So, if I'm them, I am not. I like the move for half a season. I do. I think it's a potential spark plug guy to pair with Lindor. Maybe that combination works really good. We'll see some highlight plays in the infield for sure. But for a long-term deal, uh, man, just 
just go sign Miguel Rojas or something. You know what I mean? Like, just get anybody else. That's what I would do anyway. Here's the take coming. If Javi oh, Baez, let's do it. Javi Baez mm. becomes an mm. 18 home run guy, mm. he's Chris Davis. Oh, he's Chris Davis. Oh, there it oh, is. My God. He my did mic. it. It's Ladies and gentlemen, he did it. He did I can't it. Even touch it. <laughs> I yeah. can't even. Oh my God. Hold on. I'm, I'm wiping it off right now. Oh, Thank he's you. Chris Davis. Chris Davis off. with a C, I assume, right? Oh, uh, yeah, with a C. Crush. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know which one was considered Crush Davis. Maybe they're both nicknamed Crush Davis, too. Uh, so you got me there. I don't really know. But yeah, Javi Bias, if that power dips, like even if it's like 15%, like Javi Bias, like you said, he, this man is OBP's below 300 right now in the season. Like, he's got a 775 OPS, and that's <laughs> only because of his immense power exactly. that he has in the shortstop position. Like he's I, just I, okay. He's yeah. fun. He's the most fun, like flawed player in the league that I've always called him. But like 775, that's like good with a lowercase g. But if you, it, it could get nightmarish, man. Somebody's needed to, to teach that guy how to not swing at every single pitch because that's all he does. Uh, but we'll see what happens then, I guess. Well, because the Mets, like I said, are not immune to making mistakes and having tragedy strike them, apparently. So, uh, after the trade deadline, especially after that Dodgers move, there was a lot of discussion in our MLB group chat, and I just want to get your quick reaction to this. Mm-hmm. What, where do you stand on the salary cap versus salary floor debate? I think you need one of them. I don't know enough to be to be able to talk about both. I talked with Ulysses Sembrano on a podcast earlier this week about how, like, I think the Rays not doing anything in terms of money is bad for baseball, but I do mm-hmm. think there is something to learn there about how they bring guys in four years and unless you are Longoria you know what I mean like you're probably gone you know what I mean and I actually think that in theory baseball's problem it would be great if like more teams were like four years five years done you know what I mean and then it but then keep the money up make it what they do in the NBA four years 90 million for Lonzo Ball for example whatever it was mm-hmm. which is currently under investigation apparently but you know <laughs> you, you stand by my point where it's like that would be kind of cool if we had nonstop these big free agents moving around and joining teams, or they could just resign with teams, whatever. Uh, and then it might encourage guys to go to places with better, you know, that are just better and all that stuff. So I think it'd be interesting, but um, yeah, I think you need one of them. I don't know which one in theory you like to do the floor because then it just makes it all right. Bottom line, you guys have to go out and sign something. Um because then if it's if it's a salary cap, it still makes it that those bottom dweller teams can just still keep doing what they want. Like your Cleveland's like your, you know, uh, like your Cincinnati Reds, who are good. That is, I love that about the Reds, by the way. When they're good, they don't trade. When they're bad, they do make trades. It's like, what are you guys doing? You're, so you trade for Trevor Bauer those couple of years. But now you're like, oh, well, we, we steer, steer the ship steady. You know, it's like, all right, that's a little bit weird by them. But yeah, I know that came up in the chat. I do think you need one of them. Uh, one of them would be nice. And I would like, I, Hey, why not both honestly? And it's, 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 it's in every sport, you know what I mean? Every sport at least has a salary cap mm-hmm. and it becomes a thing where like, all right, allocate your funds this way. That's where the strategy comes in. You can't just do what the Dodgers do. Um, I think that you can be mad at the Dodgers, but you also have to acknowledge in your rage of how they just buy everybody and have the Avengers end game budget that also other teams could at least do partially what they're doing. They don't have to be spending 40 million a year. I'm not saying they have to spend 400, but you're, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that every team, all they've got is 40 million. I just don't buy that. Yeah. And I kind of like what the Rays do with their money, just because I feel like they're smart with their money. I feel like they're not 
they're not not spending money because they don't want to. It's kind of because like no one goes to their games. Like mm-hmm. they, they have like one the the worst attendance in baseball uh, usually. And I just feel like they're more like the Patriots. Once they feel like you hit that age of thirty or whatever the age is, they feel like they could go get better value elsewhere. And they keep reducing dudes from their minor league system every year. They're just like uh, Sully had this funny reference. Like they're the Terminator and Skynet when it comes to pitchers. Like all they do is produce <laughs> Terminators out their farm system, and it's kind of true. So why would you ever need to pay? for an arm when you could just produce one like every two to three seasons so the 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 rays are definitely great at that maybe in their lineup they could you know do better with you know trying to acquire highland talent but they did go out and get nelson cruz despite him being 45 he's an age of the wonder and he's still gonna you know finish the year with 40 home runs Mm -hmm. uh, despite being 45 years old but on the salary cap versus salary floor debate i just feel like you need both or not have them at all because even if you just have the salary floor what's to stop a team from just overpaying you know, one year for some random reliever or whatever. Why not just say, instead of this guy making five years with what he's, that's probably what he's worth. Let me just give him 10 so I can get to that salary floor. And I'm still only going to pay him for one season either way. So I think teams are just going to find a way to finagle around that. And in baseball, I kind of like not having the salary cap. I think it just makes it more fun, gives every team an opportunity. Like you said, anyone can be the Dodgers. The real truth about why more teams aren't like the Dodgers because they don't have the owners like the Dodgers. Just look at the Mets. As soon as they get a rich owner in, they're all of a sudden all in on pretty much every major superstar in baseball that could be moved. The Mets are right there in position to go nab them. So if other teams want to be like the Dodgers, well, those fan bases better pony up the money to get their owner out of there or or do something to, to help sell the team to someone else because that's the only way for your team to spend money. You have to be an owner. You have to have an owner who is willing to spend money. So uh, that's why I still want to keep the salary cap out of it because it still gives the team like the D-backs a chance to, you know, compete with anyone. In, in baseball, I really feel like your market doesn't matter in terms of whether you can acquire a player or not. In basketball, uh, I, you know, Lakers are, are more likely to get the bigger name free agents, the coastal cities. Uh, in the NFL, maybe it's not like that either. And in baseball, I don't really feel like it's that either. I feel like where you play your sport, where, where your team is located, is not really going to matter too much to free agents. As long as you got the money, I feel like baseball players just care about the, the dollar bills. They just care about the greens. So if a team is willing to pony up the money, you'll be able to get those high-end players. So teams just need to get their owners on board to do it. And speaking of the Dodgers, we, I guess we've talked a little bit about that Max Scherzer trade, but really the thing that interested me about that trade was Trey Turner also going to the Dodgers. Yeah. Like I hadn't heard any rumors about him potentially being moved. Like, did you know Trey Turner was even on the table? I'm seeing reports come out now in the last couple of days that the Padres were trying to get Trey Turner too. Like I, I didn't even know Trey Turner was available. Yeah. I mean, Trey Turner, that, that thing just kind of came out. It was one of those last second things. And it's funny because most trade deadline years, you have that name that gets floated out there that everyone's like, really? But then it turns out to be like, oh, someone probably like called up a guy and was like, hey, I'm just curious, by any chance, would you give me like your top two prospects for this guy? They're like, no. And then they hang up and that's where the report might spawn from. But like most of the time, that's just, it's not a farce. I don't want to say that. I don't want to like add to this narrative that reporters just lie all the time. But like, there's usually that one player that's like, oh, come on. That's that's not really going to happen though. And Trey Turner was that guy, except it actually did happen this year. And he's, he's a beast and, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of teams that ran on him. And, I mean, unsurprisingly, everyone was probably calling up the Nationals like crazy after they heard that they were just like, they've already decided, and this comes into salary cap, salary four, like a year from now, they don't want to trade. They don't want to pay for him, even though he is so, so good. 
it's rough. And there's so many different things. This It's to the fact that arbitration kicks in that you can only most free agents only become big time free agents when they're 20, when they're like 29, 30 at, at, at the, at the minimum, the Machado Harper year was one of the big exceptions when they were both 26, because they both debuted when they were super young. Right. But like, that's another part of why it stinks. So I get why teams don't want to pay 30 year olds, the eight year contract. I get that. So I don't know how exactly we fix it, but yeah, man, absolutely nuts with the Trey Turner thing. And it just makes us a super team lineup where the worst player in your lineup is a former MVP in Cody Bellinger. So it's, it's not looking uh, great for opposing pitchers, especially uh, in the league right now. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Bet online guys is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Obviously with baseball in full swing, maybe you watch the, the field of dreams game. Maybe you watch the Padres get killed. Well, not only do they have you covered in baseball, but all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs from the NBA, the NHL, the UFC, MMA, all the future stuff, whatever you need before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't send the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50%. Pretty awesome. Uh, remember to use that promo code LOCKEDON, guys. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and now transitioning over to something a little bit different. Actually, very different. Do you love to order fish when you go out to eat but never make it for yourself? Cooking restaurant quality dishes at home starts with high quality seafood and simple techniques from Wild Alaskan Seafood. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high quality, sustainably sourced, wild caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, white fish, or a combination, and every month there are different specials to explore. It's really, really great. Wild Alaskan Company Seafood is how nature intended it to be. Always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. You can adjust or cancel your membership anytime, and they offer 100% satisfaction, guaranteed, or your money back. Get your nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan Company, and just because you are listening to this podcast, guys, right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Remember, that's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off your first box. Yeah, Dodgers are stacked, no doubt about it, but like we said, still holding out hope that Kershaw goes back to original Kershaw that we've been seeing in the postseason. But obviously, we're getting close to wrapping up here. I just want to get another couple of questions in. You know, I might save a, a couple for next week if we do another crossover post. Okay. This, you know, the second <laughs> Padres. So I might save a couple. But okay, okay. This weekend, Tatis, when is Tatis expected to come off the IL? This weekend? It sounds week? a little bit like this week. I don't know for sure. They might take a little bit longer than how long they took the last time he re-aggravated the shoulder with the subluxation, but he he's going to be back. All signs are pointing towards it. And I said that right when it happened too, as long as I get that notification that they said there was no further structural damage, which we did. They announced there was no further structural damage. He's going to be back. It's one of those things that he's going to be playing through. What is guaranteed is he will be getting surgery in the off season. That will hmm. happen uh, probably at least right when they're out of it. I mean, the day after or whatever, right? They're like, go. Like, we're doing this. We have to fix this. That way it doesn't ail him in the future. Yes, he's going to miss some time probably of 2022. Um, hold on. Yeah, 2022. We're in 2022, right? No, we're in 2021. Wow, I almost... Whoa! Uh, Millard, we've been recording for a while. What can I say? I almost <laughs> lost my mind for a second. But yeah, I mean, he'll probably be back a little bit after, and we'll have to see what happens with the, the CBA and all that. So, like, ladies and gentlemen, baseball, come fall, it is going to be wild in every respect, from Hall of Fame voting to all the CBA stuff. It's going to be wild. So I, that's, I'm not even looking forward to it. That's how wild it's going to be. Um, 
but yeah, he might play Affield, might not. It would be interesting because it would add more versatility to the Padres lineup and moving more guys around. Maybe you sit Hosmer more often. Maybe you sit Myers, all these things. It's going to be interesting. And I imagine that like, hey, by, by the time that we finish recording, we might hear that he's going to play center field or whatever it is. Probably not center because they have Trent Christian, but he's going to play the outfield. So <sighs> we'll see, man. We'll see. Yeah. It's, but like you said earlier, at the very top of this long, long crossover <laughs> that like, I I mean, yeah, it's it's scary putting him out there because he likes playing balls to the wall, just 100 percent all for one, uh, you know, type of st- one for all, you know, just using all of his power, super sane power, everything all at once. So it does make you nervous, but I at least somewhat trust the Padres a little bit, maybe just a, a tiny bit when it comes to managing his health. But I guess we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, Javi, you know what you were signing up for when you came on this pod today. You knew we were going to do an hour today. So I'm uh, <laughs> glad that we're, you know, where it's almost, we've almost got an hour out of you. So I'm feeling pretty hyped that this is going to be a couple episodes long. But yeah, that was kind of my question. Like, how do you feel about Tatis playing the outfield? Because like, as I was mentioning earlier, Ketel Marte has been beat up the whole season. And yeah. it feels like a lot of time is because he's playing in center field. Like it's just a lot more diving, jumping, running into walls, like second base. Yeah, you might have a collision every now and then, but that really doesn't happen anymore. You usually don't see guys, you know, sliding at second and taking out the dude anymore yeah. uh, anyway. So I, I feel like second base is a lot safer position, especially compared to center field, which Ketel Marte has been playing. And there's been rumors that he's going to move back to infield because this dude is just beat up and you got to protect your franchise star. So how do you feel about, you know, Tatis moving to the outfield after seeing what Ketel Marte has been able to go through this whole season? I mean, I feel nervous. Like, like I said, like I feel nervous and I'm wondering if that will actually aggravate the injury, at least maybe not even aggravate is, is one word, but just to have more potential for different injuries. What the heck? That's what's scary, right? Like what if it's a, a bruised, I don't know, back, I don't know what the heck happens, but like, you know, you look at Tommy Pham who looks awesome at the plate. I know he's been in a slump for a while, but he looks awesome at the plate. But then when he's playing left field, man, that guy looks like he's he's Nelson Cruz's age. He looks like he's Nelson Cruz and Albert Pujols age combined when he plays the outfield. He's not deplorable defensively, but just the way he like he had like a tumble in the outfield the other day when he had to like pull up or whatever. He just slipped into the foul line territory. That was weird. So look, it makes me nervous, but I have to admit, part of me is like, Kind of curious to see what that looks like. Because one thing that is a plus about this, Tatis is a cannon. I think everybody knows that. Like, yes, he's a little bit inaccurate. He makes a bunch of uh, mistakes, which you, of course, decided to take advantage of and roast on your Twitter feed. I saw what you were trying to do, sir. I saw what you were trying to do. Da- damaging the 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 thing of a young king. I see you doing the uh, uh, thing. Yeah, uh. <laughs> doing that thing again. Uh, yeah, that was absolutely deplorable on your part. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how it translates. Hey, if he turns out to be some super stud outfielder, heck, why the heck not? Let's put him there. You know what I mean? But I guess it's one of those wait and see things. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the MVP is going to, the MVP vote mm. is going to play out because I would say Tatis is like the best player in the National League, but he's missed like 30 to 40 games already. Like he's going to end up playing around 100 games at the end of the year. And like that's just a lot of games to miss. So even though he might have the best statistical numbers, like he could end the season 50 less games played than everyone else and still lead the NL in home runs, stolen bases, OPS, OPS plus, like in all these major categories. But I'm curious to see how games played is going to factor into the MVP voting. But Javi, I want to get one one more question out of you before we wrap up. Just one more, right. I promise. And I have a question for you too. So let's do oh, it. Oh, so we got actually. Few minutes. I'm gonna <laughs> that last question. All right. I want to know 
What do you think was the most important or impactful move by just the NL West teams at the deadline? You had that Chris Bryant move, you had Scherzer and Turner, of course, and then you had whatever, you know, the Padres did with Frazier or, or Daniel Hudson. So what do you think was the most important or impactful move by the NL West teams? I mean, it, again, it's, I mean, I hate to be the, the bore one. At least make it a challenge for me, Miller. It's the Dodgers getting Max Scherzer and Trey Turner because they lose Trevor Bauer. They lose Dustin May. They have questions about Kershaw's health, not to mention he's not as invincible as he was at one point. You got Walker Buehler, which is great, and still you have a lot of depth, but who do you want if you are playing in that wildcard game? You want to have Max Scherzer. Unlike the rest of this Dodgers team, he has at least a little bit more of a checkered history of not completely folding in the postseason as we saw last time. You know what I mean? So you're a lot more afraid of that than I think you are with maybe Bueller or Kershaw on the mound. And then on top of that, you get um, what's his face? Trey Turner, who's an all-star, kind of a underrated superstar. And then you're going to be able to team him with Corey Seager. So it's him. The most fun one was Chris Bryant, just because of what I said earlier, which is like, the fact that they basically were dead silent for the whole deadline. And then at the last second swooped in, they didn't have to give up barely anything either, which was really good. They didn't have to give up Joey Bart. They didn't have to give up Lamonte Wade Jr. And maybe it is a sign of him being uh, a guy that they want to sign long-term, you know, they might extend him uh, in the off season. So that's going to be really interesting. Uh, but I definitely think that between all the moves in the NL West, that those unfortunately uh, beat, I think what the Padres were able to do from excitement to the overall value of the players. Yeah, we do a lot of anime references when Javi's on, and he just walked <laughs> into my Yu-Gi-Oh! trap card because it oh, is no. not Scherzer and Turner. It is actually oh, no. It's Chris Bryant. I thought okay. that was the most because did the Dodgers move in terms of World Series favorites? Did they move any you know higher in the World Series favorites mm. rankings post the deadline? No, we already thought they were the best team in baseball on paper. But the Giants, what were they missing? A superstar in that middle of their lineup. They had all these complementary pieces. They were a team like, you know, the Brooklyn Nets pre-KD, where you just had a nice team of role players. But they still needed that one superstar that all those complementary pieces could rally around. And that's what they got with Chris Bryant. So, to me, I think that move moved the needle the most for any team in the NLS. The Dodgers, they were... It, it, even if they didn't get Scherzer and Turner, I would have said they still have the best team, you know, on paper in baseball. And now it's what even more solidified. Like they're even better than better. They're super superstars. Like it doesn't move the needle for me that much mm -hmm. just because I already had such high respect for them. I already consider them the favorites in baseball. I mean, getting those two guys, getting two superstar players uh, definitely helps, but I think getting Chris Bryant to a team of misfits that kind of needed that one, you know, that one piece that could put them over the top. I think that Chris Bryant move was the most impactful in my eyes, but I, you know, I can't disagree with the Turner or Scherzer either, even though you walked into the trap card, the Javi magic Reyes. cylinder trap card. What can I say? <laughs> That's right. Javi, do you want to get any last uh, ratchet yeah. like, references out? Yeah, man. You also, you, you mentioned the one piece. Let me say Luffy wants to say hi to you. He's doing right okay. here. He's oh. saying hi. Legs <laughs> he's wide doing open. Good. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a happy guy. What can I say? Like, he's, yeah. he, he cheers me up. I just have this little figure guy. just cheered me up every time I come down here at this this office of mine that I have now. Um, yeah, that's a nice yeah. little backdrop. Getting ready for the YouTube? What you yeah, doing yeah. I don't yeah. know. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. But it's 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 fine. I mean, it's, it's speaking of the One Piece and all that. Like speaking of TV shows, what have you been watching lately, man? What have you been? No, what have you been watching, watching entertainment wise? <laughs> I've been watching The Wire recently. That's really. Movie. I've never <laughs> seen The Wire. Wow, that was oh, just like. Yeah, I know. I know all fiction, the good things about get... The Wire, but. 
yeah just because it's considered like maybe the greatest tv show ever mm-hmm. if you look on like any tv show ranking yeah it's like that in sopranos right yeah yeah so i just wanted to see what the hype was about and so far it's been pretty good but is it the greatest show ever i probably wouldn't say that but still very good tv show definitely recommend hbo max if you have that yeah, I like that. I, I did not expect you to say The Wire. I don't know why. I just, I expected like, a, oh yeah, I've been watching like, you know, just, just your regular show. Some, yeah, The Bachelor, not even The Bachelor, but just like those <laughs> random shows that pop up for one season. You were going to be like this. Maybe you're on the Ted Lasso bandwagon. I know that. Uh, but it's on like on. Apple TV, right? It is on Apple TV. If you've yeah. gotten like a, a new iPhone or anything like that, if you've gotten, hey, your PS5. Boom, 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 boom. TV. I believe they give you six months. I could be wrong because that, that came up for me recently that Ooh. they'll give you a seat six months if you buy the PS5. So I think look into that when you fire All that right. bad boy up, man. So I I've got a one year thing time. already. I've got yeah, a one year thing because I bought a phone not too long ago, which gave me a year. And then I have the six months to look forward to. It's it's great. Ted Lasso is a banger, man. Yeah, that's definitely on my list of shows that I want to watch. I just like it's on the it's the only TV show that I don't have like a, a subscription for. Like I have HBO, Netflix, Hulu. I got it all. But Apple TV, that's like the one thing I don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. How about you, though? What you, what you watching? I, I usually don't watch a lot. Just my one TV show and then sports. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, look, I, I just mentioned One Piece. I'm still there. I'm on episode 824, <laughs> which is it's going great. The Whole Cake Island. Wait, uh, have you really... not like caught up live yet? Or no, you... I haven't caught up live. I started this last year, man. Uh, I started this last year. How many episodes are there? There's 985, I think, at this point. You're almost Um, there. Yeah, I am almost there. It's a grind, but I love it. It is a wonderfully goofy and creative, but also very smart show in ways that you really don't expect. And as a consumer of pop culture, one of my favorite things is things that have the happy, sparkly vibe to it that are incredibly deep and complex in their own ways. And I promise you one piece is one of those. It is not just, yeah. DBC is one of those a little bit, but at the same time, it's just maybe not not as deep. Yeah. (laughs) It's got a little bit of like, it's fun. I I love me some Goku. I I love me some Goku. Who doesn't want to see people just, just fight. It's simple. We're just going to throw hands, punch each other through buildings and call it a day. Like it's it's all about baby. Um, And and it's, it's got, I got some luck for DBZ, but you know, with, with one piece, it's definitely, Let's just say it's very uh, appropriate, I think, for the climate we're in, in its own way. Mm. I actually wrote about this on a website, Film Inquiry. Uh, But also, my other recommendation for people, I am a lunatic. If you want, I recommend that everyone just read the story. You know what I mean? Just read the story. Watch some YouTube stuff. That way you can see. You'll get what I'm saying when it comes to government stuff and, and the powers and all that. And also, at the same time, it's goofy. But it's not just like the character I just showed you some stretchy rubber boy. And it's like a Saturday morning cartoon. It's that too, but there's a point when it just, it snaps and it tells you, here's what's really going on. So it's, that's really good. And I've also been watching freaks and geeks, uh, trying to finish that before my seven day free trial runs up. Uh, So definitely going to try and do that. It's only one season uh, doing that Ted Lasso. And then, I think after this, I'm going to try and watch Fleabag, I think, because that's only two mm. seasons. I like keeping track of all the shows, books, movies, and video games I've played every year. And I like, I'm more attracted to watching shows that I know I can like finish pretty like quickly and just add it to the list, add it to my kill list, I guess you could say. And I think uh, Fleabag, only like 25 minute long episodes is only like two mm. seasons. Really excited for it. And it's been critically acclaimed. So I might do that one. And who else, who knows what else uh, comes up now and then. And, you know, I'm, I'm really excited, man. I got to catch up on My Hero Academia, too. That's another one. Jeez, never Is Fleabag an anime? No, Fleabag is with uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, I think is her name. It's like this Emmy-nominated show. I don't even know what it's about. And it's just, I'm only, it's purely based off of recommendations. It won all the Emmys in the world. Okay. Uh, it was the first thing that unseated Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Veep 
from winning like every single year. I think that it was Phoebe Waller bridge for Fleabag was the first thing that did that. So I'm curious to watch it. And what the heck? I love watching TV. TV's rad. Yeah, I've never I've never heard of Fleabag, but I'll definitely check it out. I've seen Freaks and Geeks. I am a big fan of that. I wish it was mm-hmm. more than one, just one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's cool seeing like all the big actors of today. Like yeah. they, they were also young back then, like Jason Siegel, James Franco. Uh, the D-backs right now, game just started. They're already down 4 nothing. Zach Allen on the mound. So not going too well for them. Uh, bottom of the first. Uh, I guess we'll get to that game. But by the time the D- listeners hear this, it might be like next Friday. So they'll forget all about this game because Javi <laughs> Reyes, so we just did an hour this might be three or four episodes we'll see it's definitely going to be stretched out javi do you have any last minute things to say to the lockdown listeners not bad all i gotta say is 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 follow the homie miller to follow me go Where? listen to just, uh, on twitter on twitter of course you gotta what? follow what is it at, at creator thomas 24 man you gotta oh. you gotta check him out on there that's <laughs> yeah. me yeah, that's me. What's you? What's you me though? is at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, and at L-O underscore Padres for the Twitter account, which I've been using more and more and live tuning along games and creating memes and stuff like that. And yeah, um, just remember, uh, Bucky D. Luffy, future king of the pirates, and uh, Ted Lasso rules, and Ratchet Clink. We didn't even mention it. Nope. Love the new game. It is much better than the 2016 remake. That much I will tell you. Yeah, I'm loving the new game. It's a lot of fun. The graphics are, of course, insane on the PS5. I'm liking the new guns. Some of the guns are, you know, I'm not too too big fan of the, the grass gun just turning my, my enemies into lawnmowers. I love the sheepinator <laughs> a few years ago. That thing yeah, was yeah. OP, turning people into sheep. Yeah, but the yeah, lawn yeah. thing, I don't know if I'm a big I like fan. it personally. I think it's fun. I think it's uh, fun. Okay. Uh, but Javi, thanks for hopping on. And you know it's Javi's Twitter account when you see that blue check. My man is verified. Now. That is Boy, true. That that's is true. right. We're all getting verified over here at the Lockdown Network. Unless your name is what? Jason Burke? I don't think he's verified. So, <laughs> sorry, Jason. <laughs> snip it. Snip it and send it. Snip it. All right. Thank you, Javi Reyes of Lockdown Padres. Crossover time. And we'll catch you next time, buddy. Maybe next week after. Maybe. Maybe. Series. We'll have to see if something got- cool happens. We'll see. Hey, I didn't even. We didn't get to talk questions. enough about Ratchet and Click, so I think yeah. you know we might have to. Yeah, I didn't even ask all my questions, so we could have done another hour, but I don't want to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys can't see, but Javi just gave me a look like, ah, damn, another hour. But Javi, thanks for hopping on today, and I'll catch you next time, sir. Awesome. And zip zap de doo da bingo, everybody. I can't even put my enthusiasm in that one. Sorry. Uh, that about does it for my discussion with Miller Thomas of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, I don't know, send me hate mail. I don't know. What, 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 what do you want from me? What do you want from me? There was much to talk about after yet another blowout from the Padres. Uh, but before we wrap this thing up officially, Betting on the Padres doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. Guys, hopefully... Uh, in terms of the future of this podcast, on Monday we're going to be recapping uh, today's game and then Saturday's and Sunday's game, kind of looking at that, looking ahead to the Rockies series, and then probably doing something with the Phillies next week. So next week hopefully should be better. On words is always what I like to say, but as of right now, not great. Hopefully I have done enough work and not felt like an absolute trash bag of a human being for being totally incompetent and unproductive. Uh, so hopefully on Monday I'll feel a lot better. And then, you know, we'll talk about that main Machado piece. We'll talk about how I feel about the Pirates rotation a little bit more depth and kind of give a you know a, a, a 
mini one-person town hall meeting because the Padres rotation is certainly something that's being brought up a whole lot. It just seems like a team that's stuck in the mud right now. But again, I will also go to back to what I said on Twitter a couple days ago, which is that, hey, if the Philadelphia Phillies, which is a team that, you know, basically all of the season was looked at as being a, a total tragedy, rips off this big winning streak and starts looking like a legitimate playoff team, Bryce Harper MVP narrative, all that stuff, then I think the Padres still can too. It's just as of right now. All the stuff that I said at the top of the pod, combined with them getting killed last night, not feeling great. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Hopefully you enjoyed the today's chunky boy edition of it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, the Overcast app, wherever. If you wouldn't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. And in those reviews, you can send me a question in the written description section. Uh, and it is guaranteed to be answered here on the show. So please do that. Uh, and also just follow myself or the show account on Twitter. Until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care. Come on, come on.